Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey, welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky from Ubiquity Coaches. It's great to be back with you guys again. Now, before we kick off our show today, I want to tell you about something that we've got coming up in the very near future. It's called the Thrive Now Academy. The Thrive Now Academy. This is a 12-week intensive career accelerator program that we put together with dozens of highly interactive learning sessions that are very, very closely aligned with success in anybody's career. It also includes group coaching, uh, and that's put on by Ubiquity's A-team of international coaches. So you've got an entire team of coaches at your disposal, 25 coaches around the planet, all working together to help you accelerate your career. So if you have ambitious goals, if you want that exceptional interpersonal skill, brilliant communication, cutting edge productivity, this is your program. It all starts off September 4th. We're going to keep those coaching ratios low, so space is limited. So reach out to us if you're interested in accelerating your own career. And you can email us at info at executivecoaches.ca. That's info at executivecoaches.ca, and we'll get you a seat at the table. You definitely want a seat at the table with this one. All right. Anybody who's ever asked you this question, I'm sure it rings right to you. And that is, what are you going to do when you retire? You know, that question is bantered around a lot and everybody is different in their response. I've met people who work like beavers all their lives so they can retire by the time they're 50. And I know some people who love working and refuse to ever give in and they keep working and working their entire lives. Myself, I could never picture my stopping work at some arbitrary age, then plopping myself down on the couch for about another 30 years and uh, just sitting there watching the news over and over again. In fact, I actually quit working for big companies about 10 years ago. And ever since then, I kind of consider myself to be somewhat semi-retired and finally getting to do what I love doing helping people navigate their careers and making a great impact on all those people around them. Well, today we're here to talk about living life in crescendo, about those golden years. And we're joined by a great friend and a wise sage. Mr. Ed Britton is here and he's going to join us for this conversation. Ed, it is great to see you here. I'm really glad that you joined us for this conversation today. I've been looking forward to this one for months, I got to tell you. <laughs> it's so good to be here, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. You are the wise sage and the guy who's really going to guide us through here. Before we jump into some of this, we've got to ask you the question we ask every guest, and that is um, who or what inspires Ed Britton? Oh, that's that's an easy question for me to, to answer. Um, uh, let, let me answer it with who. 
Okay. Uh, there are many people who inspire me, really. Terry, you're one of them. Come on, no, I paid you for that one. <laughs> Not much, though. <laughs> Five bucks is in the mail, buddy. <laughs> so one person who really inspires me is Diana Nyad. And Diana Nyad is a world-class, long-distance swimmer. Yeah. And when she was, you know, in, in her late teens and 20s, she broke world records regularly. She uh, even broke some records that had been set by men, frankly. And when she was like 29 years old, she wanted to, to do something, a real outlier for, for her. I mean, get, get, getting up in her morning's practice swim would have been an outlier for me. Yeah. But she decided that she wanted to swim from Cuba to Florida. Oh, I know she, who this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that's right. And so she tried, but she couldn't. She couldn't do it. Um, it didn't work for her. And so she hung up her bathing suit and said, uh, you know, 30 years old, time for me to get a real job. So she got a real job. And then uh, in her late 50s, her mother died, and it kind of brought her own mortality into focus. And she says, there's something that I wanted to do that I haven't done yet. Yeah. And that was to swim from Cuba to Florida. She it, it took her five tries so in other words, she failed four times wow. uh, to do it. And then when she was 64 years old, she swam from Cuba to Florida, 111 miles. Never, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> astonishing. And so she inspires yeah. me. Uh, that yeah. is incredible. That's a, That's an inspiration for anybody there. How old is 64? So 64 years old. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really spectacular. That that's sense? that's enough to get uh, anybody moving out of bed and getting going. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So listen, you, Ed, you're the not retirement coach, right? Um, you're you're based in Calgary, and I think that you've been uh, you obviously you're part of the Ubiquity Coaching Alliance. Uh, you know, 25 coaches around the world. Um, you're here in Canada with me. Uh, although on opposite sides of the country, and you yeah. are really here helping other people. I want to, if I can, I'm just going to pull up uh, some stuff about you here. Um, you know, help us understand who it is that we're talking with here. How long have you been doing this? I know you've been coaching for quite a few years. Yes. Um, but, you know, give us an idea of where this idea came from and, and why it is that you help people, uh, especially towards the twilight years. Sure. So um, my, my, I guess, recent professional background is as a career coach. Yeah. And uh, career coaching is, um, I, I guess, my day job sort of idea. Mm -hmm. And so I've done that since uh, about 2009. So uh, a little bit over 10 years. And I've done it internationally, both in, in China and here in, um, in, in Canada. And so I help people to enhance their careers is what I do. I, I work with a wide variety of people. Um, I have an age-related, uh, age barrier um, uh, kind of specialty. So too young, too old, also too new. In other words, too new to Canada, right, immigrants? Ah, and right, so, yeah. Yeah, and so in my career coaching area, that's, uh, that's kind of where I work. And then as you so... Uh, wonderfully introduced Terry um, my not retirement ambition is not retirement coaching <laughs> exactly that where it came from um, I, I love to hike 
and one of the reasons that I live in Cal Calgary, right next to the Rocky Mountains. And uh, four or five years ago, I was hiking to Mount Assiniboine, uh, which is an international de destination, but not yeah, it's right here on your here on your and, site. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's Mount Assiniboine. And so uh, we decided to take six days to do it. Two days in, two days there, two days out. And on the on the way in, uh, I think it was on the first day. My friend, who is seven years older than I am, and another inspiration, another person I admire. There's no end to the people I admire. Anyway, so we're hiking there, and a couple of fellows in their 30s uh, come along the trail the other way. We stop and talk like you always do. And uh, in the course of the conversation, one of, this, one of them said, you know, I really admire the two of you, uh, you, you know, doing this hike at your age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch, that. ouch. <laughs> that. So I didn't really say anything. It was the first time, though, that it got me thinking that there's some kind of expectation in Western society yeah. that you stop doing certain things at a certain, as you call it, arbitrary age. Yeah. And I thought, oh, there's something here. You know, there's something here. And that was actually the, the seed of not retirement. You know, it's funny, um, just uh, uh, on, a, on a parallel track here, um, I was reading um, Chris Hadfield's book, and what is it, An Astronaut's Guide to Living on Earth or something, I can't remember the title, but yeah. anyway, he was talking about this, um, this view that these astronauts have when they look back at the Earth from, um, you know, beyond the atmosphere out in space, and the, it hits them that all borders on earth are really just constructs. It's something that yeah. humans have made up. It's yeah. really, there's no, there's no line there. There's really nothing that separates us. It's just an agreement that we've all sort of lived with that, you know, this is the 49th parallel or whatever it might be. And it yeah. seems to me that this is exactly the same thing when we talk about retirement. And I think more and more people are questioning that human made construct, that, uh, that concept of, um, you're 65, hang it up, go home. You're done. We don't want to talk to you anymore. Um, you're no longer of service to our society. And I know that that has gone through my mind and I know it's gone through a lot of people's minds. And I also will say this, if it hasn't gone through somebody's mind because they're only 23 years old and they're at the forefront of their, their career, that question's going to come up. Yeah, it yeah. is going to hit you like a brick between the eyes. Mm -hmm. And you're really going to think long and hard about, okay, well, what is my plan? What what's in my future? So let's jump into this concept of this arbitrary idea of retirement. And let's bridge it to something that makes a little bit more sense, as you call it, living life in crescendo, which by the way, I love this topic. I love the theme. Um, by the way, folks, I ask Ed, what theme do you want to talk about before we hit record on this show? He's the one who came up with this. Ed, tell me what it means. What is living life in crescendo? Yeah, well, I, I really can't claim uh, the genius of that that phrase, although I'd love to. Oh, um, do it anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's Stephen Covey, actually. He was the first one who said it. He's another fellow who I ad admire. Sorry, and who? So the... Yeah, Stephen Covey. Oh, Stephen Covey, right. Stephen Covey, yeah. And so uh, the idea is that you actually get better and better 
uh, throughout your life. And you kind of stand on your own, own shoulders uh, so that, that each year or each decade or whatever it is, is better than the last one because you're better. Yeah. And so yeah. in this way, you live life in crescendo. Uh, the idea of retirement, you know, kind of like the traditional retirement that we think of that you kind of hang, hang up your boots at 65 and I don't know what you do after that, <laughs> but not much. That's kind of the traditional idea. It's not that old. No. Traditional retirement is really not very traditional. It's less than 100 years old. Actually. Oh, I didn't know that. It only yeah. started, uh, what, like uh, some early 1900s? Well, it's post-World War II when it really got going. Oh, you're kidding. And so the concept that. arose in the late 1800s by that famous pol German politician Bismarck. Yeah. Um, and there's a little story to it. I won't, I won't tell it. But yeah, that's, that's where the, the kind of concept started. But it never got traction until post-World War II. Yeah. And so that's about 80 years ago, right? Yeah. Something like that. And uh, and so it's really not that traditional and it's not natural. It's not natural to to disengage at any age. Yeah. And so um, not retire or, or the traditional retirement is a social experiment. I think is a social experiment that has failed. It's time for us to turn back the clock and uh, do this thing right now. Not retirement is stepping away from the job and living big. Uh, this uh, resonates with people. I've got to share this from Christine on LinkedIn, who's watching the show right now. Uh, Christine says, what a great topic. So this resonates, my friend. I think this is sitting in the back of, of a lot of people's minds and they're thinking, what am I going to do? And a little guidance is probably in order here. So carry on. Like this is really rich conversation and it's benefiting, I think, everybody who's listening. Yeah. So it's an opportunity to live from passion. Yeah. That's really what it is. It's, uh, you know, we talk about this in, in our occupations uh, that that you want to live from passion, you want to work from passion, but there are so many constraints on us, you know, um, uh, when you're trying to make a living, <laughs> do what the boss says, follow the markets. There's so many constraints on us. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully we get to a certain point in our lives where those restraints start to, to fall away. And we can truly live the kind of life that's in our heart. A little more love. freedom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so I hope that the kind of life that's in our heart isn't sitting in front of the TV, watching endless games of the uh, games of hockey and the news and, you know, drinking six pack after six pack. I hope that's not <laughs> our passion. Right. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be judgmental, but I guess I am. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Nothing against people who love doing that, but uh, you know, thirty years of uh, yeah, over and over again. There's got to be something in there, right? Yeah, that's right. And so, um, and and so, it it becomes finding your passion. Yeah. And remarkably, many people are not in touch with their passion. It's one of the things that I've discovered in doing this work. Say, what do you really want to do? I don't know. 
I don't know what I really want to do. You know, when you wake up in the morning, what what kind of shoes would you just love to put on? I put on hiking boots. You know, what would you like to put on? Well, my slippers. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You know, I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up because I actually believe that this is um, it's a lot less common than it should be, um, or rather, it's a lot more common than it should be. It's um, I talk to a lot of people too that have. I ask them about you know what is it that you that you really get excited about? What's lights a fire in you? And and a lot of people have trouble answering that question. Yeah. yeah and right. um, and, and I think that people get busy. They get busy with achievements. You know, I, I strive for this. I want that. I, I've got to, you know, get that new car. We got to move into that condo and all the rest of it, get this job. And after a while, those achievements start to feel a little hollow because there's no guidance system behind it. And I think that's what you're referring to is that, that, um, that passion, yeah. something that's unique to the individual, right? Yeah. A big piece of the work and not retirement when, when I start working with people is to reignite imagination, rediscover creativity. And um, it's, it's not a trivial job. You know, it takes work to get that going again. Yeah. And I say again, because when we're children, um, we live out of our imagination because that's all we've got. We yeah, it becomes natural. Yeah, we don't know the world. Yeah. Uh, we don't have anything concrete. Uh, we have to imagine everything. Yeah. And so we're programmed as children to imagine. And that's how we create a life. So when, when you get into this space where, where you have the freedom to create a life again, yeah. in other words, not retirement, you must find your imagination and creativity again. And um, I, um, I, I, I didn't really get this when I first started because imagination and creativity is just part of my DNA. It's been part of my work and my job. And so I never sort of left it behind. Yeah. Um, and, but then I discovered that, my goodness, people have lost this skill. And it's not... A trivial thing to get back. I've heard it said that um, imagine is the most powerful word in the English language. Yeah. And knowing you, I know that you've never lost your ability to imagine. Yeah. Your your creativity, your innovative mind seems to know very few boundaries, if any. <laughs> but you, so you actually take that uh, what it is that you do really well to help other people to get to that place as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Fortunately, it's kind of uh, a competency-based occupation for me. Yeah. Um, because creativity and imagination is sort of who I am. Yeah. And um, uh, but I didn't. And I think this is this is kind of a common thing. Uh, if you have something that you're really good at, you think everybody else is really good at it too. Mm -hmm. You don't recognize that this is something special about you. You, you just think, well, can't everybody do that? <laughs> and, and, and people scratch their head and go, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
when I when I graduated from university, I remember this. You know, when I got my undergraduate degree, I said to my wife, "Oh, it's not really very special. Everybody has an undergraduate degree." <laughs> she said, "Well, I don't have one." <laughs> right? Yeah. I know, but everybody else does, you know. <laughs> but but not everybody's going to want to put their hiking boots on and go tromping yeah. up Mount Assiniboine, which, by the way, is just an iconic mountain. Yeah. And I'm I'm so I think it's so cool to see that you've used that uh, as your the uh, symbol for your, the business that you run, your private yeah. practice. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so what, I know we can't talk about what other, you know, specifics of names and all that sort of thing, but um, are there any, any um, standout things that come to mind about what some of your clients have chosen as far as their, their, after their, their workaday life, their, you know, uh, their post, post career, new career, uh, you know, their new direction, anything that stands out? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I've, I've been blessed with um, a, a physical body that's is still in pretty good shape. I can climb mountains. Not, not, not everybody can do that. So that's all right. Uh, but, but my passion can't be yours. You know, I can't say, oh, you should go climb Mount Everest. You know, that's what you should do. Yeah. Because it has to come from your own heart, or it's it's not your passion, you know. So it's not going to work. <laughs> so I worked with one client, and 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 she didn't know, uh, and she didn't know how to come up with what her passion would be. You know, it, I, we had to work on imagination. It took weeks actually to get those fires burning again. Yeah. And she came up with the most interesting thing. She said, I'm going to do driftwood art and, you know, walk along the shore, pick up nice looking pieces of driftwood and do artistic things with it. And uh, uh, I thought that was so unique and creative. And it was, yeah. you know, within her, it was in her heart. And I worked with her in doing that. And she actually inspired me to find a nice piece of driftwood and make something out of it. And uh and so, yeah, it's whatever you, um, you, you just look inside and say, where's the passion? The cool thing about passion is that it's energy. And so, yes, it is. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you're truly passionate about something, you can work, you, know, you can do it until you drop and not even notice it. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, uh, you can just be far more um, engaged and energetic and productive if you're working from passion yeah. and in my, you know, in the career coaching I do, I, I encourage people to, to try to pursue a person, a, a career where their passion lies. I tell them, if you don't do that, you will never keep up to the people who are passionate about it. You don't have a chance. And so if you want to be competitive, make sure you're passionate. So two things are really resonating with me as we're discussing this. One you mentioned early on, and, and that is freedom. Because when you have the ability to choose things that you want to do, when you have the ability to pace yourself and uh, do things on your terms rather than on somebody, some other corporation's terms or somebody else. Yeah. Um, and coupled with that, you've also got that passion that comes together. Uh, where things just seem to come to you, the energy, as you said, is sparked. That little spark turns into a roaring flame. Um, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, when I'm getting into my late 50s, 60s, 
70s, whatever in the world it might be, um, I don't have as much energy as I had before. But I think the freedom coupled with that passion, probably more than make up for things, it gives you that ability to do uh, to do this on your terms. And it is doing what it is that you love to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I can't deny that, um, that, that, that there is a waning of energy. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I wouldn't just climb mountains. I would climb three mountains in one day. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and then get up the next day and climb a couple more. Uh, so I don't do that now. One, one a day is fine. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, uh, you don't lose a lot of the energy that people say that they lose as they age is not due to age. It's yeah. due to sitting in front of the TV, drinking beer. Yeah. It's due to disengagement. And it's due to a lack of passion because they've lost the ability to imagine and create. And so they don't know where to get the passion. That is where the bulk of low energy comes from. Yeah, they, there's a, a bearing, you know, to use the old compass term, there's a bearing that's missing. Um, they don't know where to start because they don't know what direction to go in. Yeah, And so they s- sort of stay in. And, and I think that this happens to a lot of people. Um, I think I was fortunate myself, uh, like I said, about 10 years ago to all of a sudden have this, this idea that came to me about um, working with people to help them with their careers, the same as you do, um, maybe a little, a little different angle towards that. But um, I think that that really lit a a big fire in in me. And it helped me to do the things that I'm doing now, which I love. And I look forward to every day when I think, you know, I've got something that I need to do. I've got a call coming up with a client. I really look forward to it. Yeah. And I'm prepared more. And I feel because it's a passion, it's something that came from within me. I feel like I do a higher quality job than perhaps if somebody else had asked me to do something where you kind of just skip off the surfaces and do a, you know, that scratch the surface job. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, there, there's another person who ad, I who admire, and she's known by Grandma Moses. She's uh, a folk artist. Yeah. And, uh, and what she loved to do um, in kind of a hobby way was she li- loved, loved to embroider. That's what she liked to do. But then the arthritis got bad in her hands, and she mm. couldn't do it anymore. She couldn't work the needle anymore. So she's in her 70s. And she said, well talking to her daughter, he said, daughter, why, why don't you paint? You can use a paintbrush. So she started to paint folk art. And uh, the arthritis got so bad in her right hand that she couldn't do it anymore. So she taught herself to paint with her left hand. And uh, Grandma Moses is perhaps the most famous American folk artist that there has ever been. Uh, uh, she, she went to... Um, you know, she was doing art all over the United States, all over Europe. Uh, one painting is worth tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. She didn't start painting until she was in her mid-70s. <laughs> and so you see this in um, in what I call not retirement rebels. Yeah, yeah. That, 
they they rebel against the tradition. They don't accept the barriers. They find a way over, around, or through, and they live life big. I like that. Not retirement rebels. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great way of looking at it. And I think it also gives a person a sense of um, a, a pride of doing this sort of thing, um, which probably helps with the motivation and the, yeah. the inspiration as well. Um, we could probably go on and on with this topic a long time, but Ed, I got two more questions I'm dying to ask you. I hope you don't mind if I jump into these. Okay. The first one, it's really uh, an extension of what we were just talking about. Usually on the show, I love to ask our guests if they have any advice at all that they can offer to the audience out there, the folks that are listening in today or, you know, next week, next year, uh, five years from now, whenever they may be listening to the show. Any advice for them? Well, one thing that, that is important uh, for not retirement is to anticipate it. And so don't, you know, the idea is not to uh, get your gold watch and then say, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, so, so you anticipate it. You, maybe 10 years or five years or two years before that, that, the, that event, you say, where are my passions? What do I really want to do? How do I want to light the, the world on fire? live life in crescendo and make this truly the best thing I have ever done. Mm -hmm. So if, if you really want to do that, for most of us, most of the people I work with, the best thing they've ever done is a tall order because they've done some amazing things already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I say, okay, what does the best thing you've ever done look like? And they say, oh man, I don't know if I can, you know, beat, this what I did, you know, 10 years ago or something like that. That that was kind of the climax. And I say, nope, not the climax. Yeah. So if you're going to do the best thing you've ever done, it's going to take some thought and planning and putting together. You want to start this early. Yeah. So that's the advice that I would get. Start before the finish. Start before the starting line. Right. Be prepared, right? Together. Be good Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts out there, yeah, right? Be right. prepared. Absolutely. I love it. And uh, I also really like, uh, too, I just want to mention this. It seems to me that one of your strengths, Ed, is that you see the potential in people. Hmm. Even people that don't see the potential in themselves. And I think that that's one of the things that I've noticed about you as a coach um, that I think is helping you to be more successful, which in turn makes your clients successful. So yeah. uh, I just wanted to point that out. Now, listen, the show is called Inspiring Leaders. We love bringing people on here who are leading the way. I think you're doing it in this particular space. But let me ask you our last question, and that is, what does inspired leadership mean to you, Ed? So you, you've already heard me sort of quote Stephen Covey, right? Right. And, yeah. And so uh, Stephen Covey divides leadership into into two grand areas. Mm -hmm. He talks about a private victory and a public victory. And um, to be an inspiring leader, you have to do a really good job of the private victory. Because then your public victory comes out of a place of authenticity. If and, and we do see this, I'm not going to mention any names, but, but we see this today where people seek public victory and it's very obvious that they have not achieved a private victory. 
And so their public leadership is frankly hollow. And, yeah. and, and there for everybody to see the, em the emperor has no clothes, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and when you're getting near retirement age, that's not a pretty picture. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Ed, I, I think what you just said is, um, A, it's profound. And B, it's unique. I've never heard anybody say that on this show in five years of doing this podcast. It's never come up before. And I think that it is highly pertinent, really important that people look both internally and externally. Hmm. What's the reputation that I'm building? What, what am I accomplishing? But more importantly, and even uh, maybe even before that, if not, it has to be coupled with it. Um, how am I leading myself? Am I am I embodying the things that are important to me, my values, uh, my purpose, uh, really taking a look at those things and building it uh, into the direction that you're going to be most happy with? Uh, like you said, uh, there are a lot of people out there who are highly accomplished people and they have that nagging sense of emptiness that follows them wherever they go. And they keep trying to fill it by more and more accomplishments, but until they work on that internal bit, um, I think that that is just one of the best answers I've ever heard on this show. I'm, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. Now I was going to let you go at this point, but I actually want to keep you on just for a second because, um, you know, usually this is the point where I thank people and I, I have a little announcement at the end. I've already announced it at the beginning, but you and I are actually teaming up with this Thrive Now Academy that's starting in September. Yes. So I also, if you don't mind, maybe I'll keep you on just for a second. Um, this is coming up, as I said, uh, September 4th, we're going to have the kickoff for this. We're doing it again. It's the Thrive Now Academy. Um, you know, from you, Ed, what do, what do people have to look forward to with the Thrive Now Academy? Well, what's different? This is really important. What's different about the Thrive Now Academy is that you are not coached just by a single individual. This yes. collection of 25 uh, international, uh, internationally uh, established and professional coaches, all part of the Thrive Academy. Yeah. And so it's, I, I, I've said it's, it's a little bit like, uh, like the medical model. You have a GP yeah. uh, who, is your, uh, who is your coach. They but follow then, you. They know you. Yeah. yeah, they know you and everything about you and a very holistic approach to helping you to achieve the life you want to, you know? Yeah. yeah that, that person. So that's the central figure, but that's usually all you get in thrive Academy. If you have a particular issue that you're working uh, on, like say I have difficulty managing my energy throughout the day. Yeah. You know, I kind of get to two o'clock and the rest of the day is wasted. Well, we have a specialist. So now your GP can refer you to a specialist coach, coach yeah. on energy management. Yeah, and, like, uh, yeah. Or, or communication. I'm, um, I've got some big presentations I've got to make before my board or before my uh, executive committee. And, um, you know, we've got uh, Lucille Osai out in, in uh uh, in Africa, we've got uh, Kala in London. We've got some really great communication coaches. Uh, productivity, you know, um, I'm, I'm challenged with being as productive as I possibly can. You know what? We've got one of the best productivity coaches on the planet in South Korea um, and uh, with uh, Carl Pauline. Yeah. 
So I, I think that this is really a key and this is the differentiator that's going to make the Thrive Now Academy something fantastic. Yeah. Um, before we listen, that's coming up in early September. So for people that want to get in touch with us about that and they really do want to uh, put the nitrogen into their career, you know, and light it up, uh, send us an email info at executivecoaches.ca. Um, we did have a couple of other comments. I wanted to put these up here from my good old friend who, by the way, is also a Calgarian. I don't know if you know Peter Clark, but he's one of the best uh, video experts around. He uh, is the CEO of um, Red TV out in Calgary. He says, good topic. I believe most people don't want to retire, but they want to retire from things that are meaningless in their lives. And many times um, is what they do for a living. They need finding, they need to find that purpose and that's everything. So I think that that was very insightful and really well aligned with what it is that we talked about. And there's also uh, one other comment here I wanted to put up from Deanne. Um, she says, I sure hope not. Uh, that would mean I only have five years left. So I think she's got some ideas in her head about what her purpose in life is, what it is that she wants to bring to this world, what legacy she wants to leave behind as well. So I think that we are absolutely getting people thinking. There are a lot of people who have already been thinking, as we can see, they want to, um, they're connecting with this. It resonates with people. I've got one... <laughs> What is Peter saying now? We've got a conversation going on chat here. On a humorous note, I could retire today if I wanted to, but uh, I would have to die by Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Health is wealth. You know, uh, Peter Clark, and he does, if anybody out there is looking for really great inspiration in this kind of a forum where you're seeing those live videos being posted, Peter's the master. He has the best uh, live podcast, live video podcast that I've ever seen on any platform. Strong recommendation for anybody who's listening today. Uh, check out Peter Clark and Red TV on LinkedIn. Um, I know he's on a bunch of other platforms as well. Um, he does a number of them, LinkedIn Live. Um, uh, he's got, I, the names aren't coming to me immediately right now. Peter, if you're listening and you want to post anything on there, uh, absolutely. Let's... Um, you know, bring, bring it to us, my friend. And, uh, but I think we are pretty much getting to a point where we're wrapping things up. Are we not, Ed? Yes, we're good. I think we've said quite a bit here and I think that it's been valuable information for people. I know I brought a lot away from this and I really do appreciate everything that you brought to the table and what you're doing for people out there. I think you and I have talked before about this topic and you said, this is needed. This is really, really needed. It's something that people um, need to be thinking about and they need some help with. And let's face it, how many people have been retiring in the last few years? How many people are at this point right now? You know, it's almost half of the working population that is moving into the retirement age now. So, um, or more than half, I believe. So this is, um, it's really important stuff. And I'm glad that we had you on here. Ed, Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And it has been my pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for the invitation. Great to be here. Okay. Well, we'll both sign off together. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us in the Inspiring Leaders podcast today. 
I hope you have a fantastic day. Uh, reach out and contact us for anything. Uh, info at executivecoaches.ca. Uh, join us again. We've got lots of great shows coming up. Marco Iafredi is another one of our Ubiquity affiliate coaches. He's going to be joining us in the coming weeks. And we also have Peter Berry, who is the designer and architect of the Hogan 360 assessment. He's going to be joining us in uh, 23rd of August. We'll be live with that one as well to talk about 360 assessments and why they're so important to get feedback from people around us. All of that is coming up on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Uh, stick with us, subscribe if you can, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Take care, everybody, and bye for now.